where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Today we're talking about episode 14 of season 5, Diamond Sam. I'm here with John. Hey, James. Hello. This episode is uh, 15th of January 1987, directed by James Burroughs and written by Tom Reader. It's also one of Ian Talks Comedy's favourite Cheers episodes. I was going to say, he mentioned this when we talked to him. He said it was one of the best payoffs of the Sam and Diamond relationship, so I'm very much looking forward to talking about this one today. We got a good one ahead of us. I think, as we've discussed in our last episode, it is quite farcical. But good farce. Good farce. <laughs> Gourmet farce. <laughs> it follows on pretty much directly from uh, last episode, Chambers versus Malone as well. Yes, I'd say so. It does kick off with some uh, impersonations, though. Oh, I love some impressions. <laughs> Out of the ones we see, yeah, I can't claim to do any of them. The closest I could do is, is Jimmy Stewart. Uh, but even then, it's a bit of a stretch for me. I couldn't even claim to guess any of these, really. I guess the best way to do these justice is if we play the actual clip from the show. Yeah, I do a great saison. Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. What's this? All that pose, you let us prepare. <laughs> hey, uh, you better smile when you say that, pilgrim. <laughs> no, 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 just, just a darn second there, young fella. <laughs> And after some lovely impressions from Fraser Norman Cliff, I think, we get Woody doing his best impression of someone. Hey, fellas. I believe we might be in for just a little rain for the day over. Woody, who is that? It's Dwight Womack, mayor of Hanover, Indiana. And as we can hear from the clip, it is uh, Dwight Womack. The mayor of Hanover and Fraser says to Woody, no, Woody, you have to do an impression of a famous person, someone we know, and he goes, if I could do an impression of a famous person, do you think I'd do an impression of the mayor of Hanover? Which is a good point. It's a fair point. <laughs> As we move into the main part of the episode, Sam and Diane come into Cheers after being newly engaged and have to announce it to the bar. And Sam's kind of going to say a nice speech, but he can't, he can't get it right in, in Diane's eyes, really. And she needs to whisper it into him and feed him it line by line. Classic Diane. Put a good speech together there. I mean, that tends to be what she does. She, unlike, unlike you, she likes her words. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, Diane and I would like you to celebrate with us in toasting our nuptials. And Woody <laughs> replies, ouch. <laughs> Which I thought was fun. And then Diane follows up with what Sam is so eloquently trying to express is that him and her have become officially engaged. Yes, which meets mixed reactions in the bar. And in one case, no reaction at all. Yeah, there's a lot of cheering. I think a lot of people are happy. Fraser gives a good old eye roll as though to go, we've heard this before, Diane. <laughs> as you alluded to, someone has no reaction at all. And that is, I would say surprisingly, is Carla. Yes, but as, as Frasier observes, she's in denial. The first stage of grief, John. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. What a fun way to start our podcast. <laughs> maybe, well, we'll have to see if we hit all of those by the end of this episode, but maybe they'll stretch out through a couple of episodes. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Now that they are officially engaged, Sam needs to get a ring. Yes, that is usually the next step. <laughs> which which leads into the title of this episode, Diamond Sam. That's pretty much where the farce ensues. 
Sam hunting for a ring, but rings tend to be expensive. Well, he doesn't need to hunt far because Diane's already pointed one out that she wants. Pointed in a very expensive window. The big shiny one, Sam. And Sam's prepared to get it, but he's kind of talked out of it a little bit by Norm, who says, you don't want to pay that much for it. It's all just sort of handler's fees of the of the actual shop. You can get the same thing made bespoke and get it much cheaper for half the price. Norm has a ring guy. <laughs> Sam kind of reluctantly a little bit agrees and he's he's going to at least get a quote. So Frazier tries to dissuade him. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? Diane's not the kind of woman who'd like to find out that her ring was bought from a jeweler who begins every transaction with, psst, buddy. Uh, no, you make, you're making it sound worse than it is. I mean, I'm sure everything's legit. All right, fine, Bruce. Great. Psst, Sammy, come here. <laughs> Fair point from Frasier. Yeah, I, I think so as well. It's exactly what Frasier sort of warned him against. So the the actual ring that Dan wants, is it 5200 That sounds plausible. A lot of money. But yeah, so Norm is convinced they can get it cheaper and get the markup off and just get it for price value, really, or a little bit more, which comes up to 1200 Four grand off. That's quite the discount. I think that's, you know, a good deal. Yep. I've never had to buy an engagement ring, so I, I don't know the going price. No, I haven't either. Just be three months wage. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Send in your answers, <laughs> you know, for future reference. But I think this is, uh, I think, you know, if, if you're honest about it, you'd probably get away with it, you know? It's the deceit. It's the buildup of lies. Like a kerplunk of lies, John. Well, that's exactly what this episode is, to be honest. Sam agrees to get the ring for 1200 the fake knockoff, and, give, and gives it to Diane. That's kind of it, except Diane wants... I mean, a lot of this episode is Sam buys this, Diane wants this, Sam buys this to cover up for that. <laughs> it's a web of lies. But Diane wants the box. She wants the ring box. Yeah. So uh, like a, a little bit of time passes and Norm hands the ring to Sam in like a brown paper bag. Sam presents it to Diane and she says, where's the box? Sam's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they, they come in boxes. <laughs> I thought you'd wear it. <laughs> and Diane reveals that she's already got a box to put the box in. She has a drawer with a box in to put the box in. She has like a memory box for the box. That I'm kind of siding with Sam on this. Just wear the damn ring. <laughs> Well, I think just, you know, be, be be honest about it. Say it's a knockoff. So Sam has to now retrieve a box. And he goes to the shop and tries to buy a box. I thought you could outright buy a box, maybe. I think a lot of places which sell antiquities or jewels, you can't just go, can I buy this box? I think you can. I think you can go, oh, I've lost my box. <laughs> can I get a replacement? But Sam has to buy earrings or something. He came out of it with what he said was the only thing that didn't seem like a ripoff, and he got corn on the cup holders, like silver-plated corn on the cup holders. We just have plastic ones. Or you just get a, a knife, stab it. <laughs> During this whole farcical escapade, Fraser is trying to get Carla to face her denial, to which whenever he mentions anything along the lines of Sam and Diane's engagement, Carla just avoids it and responds with nice weather we're having. Yeah, she's, she's, she's very robotic this episode. And I suppose we can say this uh, as the episode moves on. Frasier says oh, you know, Sam is out getting engagement objects for someone. And Carla goes, yes. And Frasier <laughs> goes, ah, a breakthrough. <laughs> Carla, who is Sam engaged to? And she says matter-of-factly, Norm, <laughs> and walks off. <laughs> Which I think is a really good moment. <laughs> 
Where does this fit with the, the your stages of grief that you're talking about, James? It's still denial. I think we do see some involvement towards the end of this episode. But in the meantime, let's see Sam's accumulation of wedding junk. The next thing which uh, is on the sort of list that comes up is Diane says that there was a, a dress in the window next to the ring that she really wanted. And Sam said, oh, you should go get it. And then I think, it, is it Fraser as well who points out what's... Diane going to think when she goes to get the dress and sees the ring that you said that you bought her is still in the window and he has a panic. So he has to go and buy the dress to which he asks Diane, how would you describe that colour? The answer is pink. It reminds me a little bit of, you know, the, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Yes. And then she was like, oh, I've swallowed a fly. I know what will fix this. Some tasty spiders. Yeah. And then she swallows a bird to get rid of the spiders and then a cat to get rid of the bird, a dog to get rid of the the cat. Uh, I think it ends with a cow to get rid of the dog. Cows don't eat dogs. I never got the jumping logic. <laughs> but, you know, it escalated. It's a fable, I think. It's called a fable? Sure. You learn a lesson along the way. <laughs> don't swallow flies. That's what I got. <laughs> but yeah, so it escalates that he now has to go and get a pink dress. In the 80s, you know, can't move for pink dresses. Whole film devoted to that very concept. But he's, he's also... <laughs> He's had to tell a, a small lie that he says that he's already got the dress and it's in his car. And Dan goes, oh, can you go get it for me now then? Oh, it's Sam, Sammy, Sammy, Sam, Sam. And then it's like a, a five hours later, comes back. Oh, the dresses. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not doing well. No, he's down a lot of money when, as you pointed out, it would have been a lot easier if he'd just gone... Look, Diane, I got you a cheap ring, all right? Well, I think this this point in time, he's still still all right, you know? It would have still cost more to just get the expensive ring. But what happens next, James? They've got to get the ring checked or something. Basically confirm that the ring is valid and shiny and all not. Get a little card which says, yes, this ring is legit. Yeah, so Diane's going to get it evaluated so that it can be included on her insurance, which to Sam goes, <gasps> because he knows that it's a fake. <laughs> I think he should have just said, no, <laughs> got a cheaper one. And then from there, Sam forks out and does buy the expensive version. Yeah, so he's squandered a lot of money, hasn't he, buying a lot of things. Yeah, uh, you called it wedding junk, so... You can use that phrase again if you want. I mean, junk may be, be a bit harsh, but it's certainly a wedding pile, I'd say. <laughs> now he's got to do a switcheroo of the rings. The old switcheroo. <laughs> Which he gets away with. Somehow. So, <laughs> Diane now has the real ring and he's got a load of junk, essentially. After this, he says uh, he hasn't found a chick that can outsmart him, to which Fraser questions whether he said chick or chimp, which I quite like. That's a good, good line. And then straight after that, the phone rings. It's the ring guy. It's the ring guy, yeah. And Diana's picked up. Cheers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Norman is uncharacteristically absent. May I take a message for him? Uh-huh. Bruce wants to know about the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, I think it's safe to say that Sam's fiance was completely fooled by it. Ooh. That's not going to go well, is it, James? Not going to go down well. You messed up, Sam. <laughs> but after this, we see uh, Sam and Diane dri driving in the Corvette, I think. Yes. 
First time we've seen the Corvette, I think. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Prince loved that Corvette so much, he wrote a song about it. Listen to the Spotify playlist. <laughs> so I assume they're going to go to a restaurant of some sort. Maybe the calf. He ironically says, you're quite the chatterbox tonight. Oh, you want me to talk? No. It's not necessary. Fine, I'll talk. I don't appreciate being given junk jewelry and then lied to about it. Oh, now, wait a second. That is not junk jewelry, oh, Diana. Sam, <laughs> please, no more lies. But this accumulates with Diane symbolically throwing the ring out of the car. But before she does this, Sam says, I've bought the real ring and I switched them. You've got the real one on. But in her anger, she doesn't hear. And then after she's thrown it, she goes, did you say that was the real ring? Listen, Diane, use your ears, not your lips. I think it, through all the sort of up and downs of this episode, it does accumulate in something which is quite, I think sweet is probably a, an all right term to say. Well, they have to go digging through a drain for a ring. Yeah, sweet. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we know about drains in New England. Well, there's, there's clowns in them. Oh. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> rings float down here, Diane. <laughs> well, luckily Pennywise doesn't show up. <laughs> That would have been a twist. Wreck what was otherwise quite a, a nice moment. It's quite an honest moment, I'd say. And whilst they're both sat in the gutter. Yeah. There's a great Oscar Wilde quote about that, which is, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. That's, that's quite... It's nice, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I think that summarises this ending quite well. There's <laughs> the nice dress from Diane and Sam in his, I wouldn't say suit, but he's dressed up quite nice. Uh, it's getting all kind of dirty and dusty as they're on the streets of Boston, <laughs> sticking their arms in gutters to look for a ring and just coming up with, you know, candy wrappers because they're also shiny. You know, Diane admits, Sam, I would have loved you and wanted to marry you even with the cheapest of rings, but I would prefer this one. So can we get a move on? please? <laughs> but uh, I think that the thing which is quite honest about the moment is Sam kind of talks quite honestly about feeling maybe unworthy. And he says, I was just stupid to think that I could make someone like you happy on a budget of someone like me. And we've talked about class quite a lot throughout a lot of a lot of our discussions. And I think this is kind of where this classified between these two characters comes kind of to a resolution maybe. And you kind of see that it's going to be all right because Diane says, apologizes because even if it was a, a fake ring, it's more of a symbol and she threw it out. She realized she was in the wrong. They're both in the wrong. But she says, even if it had been the bargain ring, it would have been sinfully impertuous of me to cast it away. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that, that it would, Diane. Get your thesaurus on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, yeah, as you say, what was the Oscar Wilde quote you said? We are all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. Yeah. Dan sort of says, the fact remains that no matter what the costs, a ring is, above all else, a symbol of feelings that two people have for each other. Quite a nice sentiment to end on. Yeah. But that's not the final, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. final scene. <laughs> As you said, then they go straight in the gutter. <laughs> then they go straight in the gutter. But we go back to the bar for our ending line as we see a development in the stages of grief where Carla almost as a psychic link, is serving someone drinks, then slams the platter on the table, shouts, no, <laughs> and keels over. And do you know who that person was at the table? Was it Al? It was Phil. <laughs> it was Rhea's dad. And you see him trying not to laugh as the credits start to roll. Quite a good payoff. I think it was a nice episode. I think definitely we, we, we talked about last week's episode, maybe in a more critical light, at least talked about some of the diverse opinions around it. I think this episode was more uh, well-loved by people at the time, but also reviewing and looking back afterwards. This is one of the standouts. 
it feels like moving forward as opposed to the last episode was kind of inevitable. And I definitely agree with that. A beautiful way to end this episode, especially with that callback to, to Carla's scream. Can't wait for the next one. That's the trivia bar, James. Lots of lots of tasty facts to talk about mm. in this episode. Do you want to kick it off with a question? Here is mine. It's a numbers round. Oh, goody. <laughs> <laughs> Sam spent $9,000 in this episode. How much is that worth in 2021? If she get within $1,000, I'll give you the point. Oh, so this is about inflation. I th- I'd say 30000 I mean, you're not far off. You didn't go, don't get a point because you're more than a grand away, but it's 21,000. That's quite a lot. Yeah. That would put the ring prices. Oh, I thought the 5,000 ring price was a lot. Whew. Speaking of things Sam bought, could you put a guess together of the breakdown of that nine grand, James? What did Sam buy? He bought a knockoff ring. Yeah. Corn on the cob holders. Yep. Five pink dresses. I think it was four, James. Oh, well, I, I guess no points then. <laughs> And, and a box. Oh, well, the box came with the corn holders, but yeah. There was a throwaway line towards the end as well where Sam just goes, do you like corn on the cup? Oh, and also the damages to the car because he braked the car suddenly and I think another car hit it. Yeah, not good day. No. <laughs> Cliff gives a kind of throwaway line. Now that Sam is engaged, there's only one stud left to satisfy all the babes in this bar who also thinks this applies to them. Fraser. Al. Oh. <laughs> Classic Al. Probably does apply to Al. That's the yeah. thing, you know. <laughs> so at the beginning of this episode, we, we had a range of impressions. Who were impersonated? Cézanne, the French painter, by which Cliff just did a vague French accent. <laughs> John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, mm-hmm. and Dwight Womack. Yeah, you got them all. I thought you might not get the Dwight Womack. Diane has a space for the box for the engagement ring in her memento drawer. But what is this space between? I don't know. Her French club pin and her retainer. What a a lovely trio (laughs) of things to put in a box. (laughs) (laughs) What an episode. We've sort of explored the underground ring market, which was, you know, strange. With a psst. Hey, buddy. The black market of jewellery. That got exploited, though. And Diane saw through a web of lies. Sam's out of a lot of money. What can we say? <laughs> All's well that ends well, though, I suppose. Except for Carla. She'll be fine, I'm sure. She'll be fine. She, she'll she get on with it. I'll tell you what, though. If you're looking for some gifts, check out our Patreon. I think there's plenty of surprises for you there. Yeah, we've got a, a few things up on there. It's worth a check out. But in the meantime, what should we be drinking this episode? We mentioned that Sam said to toast their nuptials and Woody said, oh, ouch. Oof. But what, what what would you raise to that? I would say this is sort of a new beginnings of sorts. This is the first in, I guess, a new volume of Cheers in the Sam and Diane relationship where they are formally engaged. Hmm. Uh, and I'd like to toast to that. We can also toast to the guest actors, which are uncredited. We got Al Rosen as Al, Phil Pullman as Phil. Phil did a good job at the end. They're doing very little. But yes, I, I'd <laughs> like to... It's new beginnings with this episode, I think. And I'd like to toast to that and that development therein. Couldn't agree more, sir. Do you reckon champagne for the, the celebration or something a bit different? I think champagne is a good shout. Perhaps a bittersweet champagne. Because they've been through a kind of roller coaster, haven't they? Sam and okay. Diane. With a side of corn on the cob. Yeah, lovely. 
<laughs> classy. Uh, there is classy with the silver corn holders. You know, I thought we were going to just go for a nice boring champagne. Throw in the corn, jazzed it up a bit. <laughs> After that, I, th- I think there's nothing more to say than thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This has been a Cheers podcast. Cheers.